Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Winner of the Grand Jury Prize at the Cannes Film Festival, Kapernaum, a new film by Nadine Labaki about the journey of a clever, gutsy 12-year-old boy named Zane who survives the dangers of the city streets by his wits. He flees his parents and asserts his rights to take them to court, suing them for the crime of giving him life. And that is the premise behind this terrific, wonderful film, Capernaum. And the, we are joined today by the director of the film, Nadine Labaki. Nadine, welcome to Film School. Thank you. Thank you for, for joining us today. I will start with the reason uh, for the title, or the explain a little bit of the significance of the title of the film. Yes, Capernaum uh, is originally the name of a biblical village uh, that was cursed uh, by Jesus. And uh, apparently it started uh, being used, the word started being used to signify especially in French literature, to signify chaos. Um, so obviously, you know, when we started working on the film and when we started tackling uh, all those subjects that we tackled in the film and we started the research process and knowing how intricate and how, how uh, and at the end of the day, we are living in a sort of a chaos. So the the, um, the title came very um, very naturally in a way. It was uh, it started the, the it started in French actually, and I I thought you know because I we had put you know, all the all the scenes on a board looking at it, and and I thought you know this is hell, this is chaos. We're living uh, in French. I, I thought on vit dans un Capernaum. We're living in a Capernaum. So uh, that's how the title uh, actually. Um, uh, in a way, imposed itself, uh, uh, and and but also it means miracles, and this is something because uh, apparently Jesus also used, uh, made his first miracles in Capernaum. So, oh. so it was very symbolic in a way for this whole adventure because it was a mixture. I mean, you know, miracles kept uh, emerging in. Uh, in the chaos that we were uh, living in when we were shooting the film, and uh, in in this chaotic adventure that we with, that we were living, because it was very very chaotic in a way. Um, it was the fact that we were shooting with non-professional actors, actors who have been living almost the same struggle in their real life. Uh, uh, people who are struggling to even prove their existence because most of them don't have any paper that that proves their existence. Uh, most of them living illegally in those uh, uh, belts of misery that surround our city and, and uh, you know, having a day-to-day struggle to even prove that they exist, uh, almost invisible, almost non-existent. So, so it was very, it, it, it was a mixture of, of all this in a way. Mm-hmm. Well, the film is shot in, it's, it's a sort of a, it's a documentary style uh, film. Obviously, you, you mentioned using uh, non-professional actors. You, you, I know that you recruited people 
right off the street that uh, in the area that you chose to shoot the film in. It feels like a, a kind of a homage in a sense to that uh, neorealist yeah. uh, uh, filmmaking back uh, uh, after post-World War II. Tell us a little bit about what you were, this sort of thought process in going into this with this approach. Uh, this, this approach, I think, uh, in a way was very natural to the whole process because um, I felt... The first instinct was to feel like um, I'm not entitled to impose any of my misconceptions about uh, this struggle, about this world. So I, I, I didn't feel enti- entitled in a way to uh, imagine it or fantasize it. So it was very natural to me, and I think it was very normal that I, I work with people who are living this struggle and try as much as they can to capture their reality. Yeah. Of course, in a, in a documentary kind of way, because it imposes itself on you in a way. You have to, you have to capture those moments and you have to be very ready to capture this, those moments. So you are in a documentary kind of mode where the camera is very moving, the camera is always ready, the camera is, 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 is in a way doing a sort of a dance uh, around the actors, trying to capture their most, uh, uh, their, their, their least details or, or anything they can do. Any, so, so we were yeah. in this kind of uh, documentary mode, but it, it was in a way very instinctive. Um, I didn't think about, uh, uh, you know, the, the Italian neorealism when I was shooting. I, I didn't think about it, but it's really after I see the film now and I, after I see how people perceive it and how people compare it, that I, I understand the comparison. Yeah. Because, but it's definitely not what I was thinking about when we were shooting. The win, I mean, the code was uh, we have to be um, as, as uh, discreet as possible, yes. as invisible as possible. I brought that up for the audience's benefit because I, I just think having a frame of reference for, for uh, an audience who may not have seen the film yet to refer to the, the Italian real, neorealist as a as sort of a, a jumping off point. So uh, it, it's such a beautiful film and I, I want to sort of jump into the actual story itself, the story of this young boy who's taken it upon himself to try and assert his, his, uh, his right to a better life. Did this is this yes. a story that you were familiar with? Is it something that sort of came to you? How, how did the so the thread of the idea for the film come to you? Uh, so it was really inspired by um, all those um, discussions that I used to have with those children because um, obviously the whole adventure started with research and we did a lot of research. We spoke to many, many, many children in very difficult situations. And we're talking about children who've been very neglected, abused, and uh, sometimes even raped, uh, uh, kids who have become criminals, or kids who were in prison or in detention centers. We're talking about children who have been really, you know, in very, very, very difficult circumstances. So I used to ask them one question at the end of the conversation, which is, are you happy to be alive? And unfortunately, uh, most of the time, the answer was no. Uh, I'm not happy. I wish I was dead. Uh, Those kids have been really, um, they're angry. They're frustrated. So most of them tell you, you know, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I was brought into this world if, if I'm going to be so neglected and so mistreated, if I'm going to be you know, beaten up 
every day or, or abuse or rape or I'm never, nobody's going to ever, you know, say a nice word to me. Uh, nobody's going to uh, hug me or kiss me. Why, 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 why am I here? So it was really inspired by all these discussions and, and most of them use, they've been so neglected and so mistreated. They use very harsh words even to describe themselves. They say, they tell you, you know, I'm, I'm trash. I'm nothing. I'm, I'm a dog is treated better than me. I am an insect. I am. So it was really the, these kids have a, have, have a sense of justice and, and it was really, Inspired by that, I just wanted to become, in a way, their vehicle to express themselves. And mm. uh, and I, I, if I wanted, you know, it hit me just one day. I was walking in another one of those very difficult areas and watching those kids, and it hit me. You know, if I want to become their voice, what would they say? And it w- hit me, you know, this is the story of a child who's going to sue his parents for giving him life. Mm. And it's not because... You know, it's not, it's not only suing his parents, obviously. He's suing the whole system. He's suing the whole world. He's suing us. And and I was also very much inspired. I don't know if you remember the image of this boy, uh, Alan Kurdi, who was found dead on the shores of, of Turkey. Yes. Uh, the Syrian refugee child. And I, I remember very, very well thinking, you know, if this child could talk, what would he say? Yeah. What would he tell the world? How would he... Um, how would he address the adults that have failed him, us? Because he's paying the price of our faults at the end of the day. So, so it was all inspired by, by that. Mm. that. That's how the story came about. Well, it, one of the things, and I'll just kind of continue along the, that line, of, um, in terms of your film has, in fact, been, uh, can be seen for the artistic value that it presents in, in the way that you were able to put this film together and and, th- and the, the craft that went into it. But also, uh, we so rarely hear from children in a way that is commanding, in a way that commands our attention. And that's what Capernaum has done, is it's, it's commanding our attention to, to, to consider these questions in ways that uh, often the world does not child labor, all the things that you're talking about, the, the things that are happening to these kids. And, and there are echoes of that in current political realm in the sense that here in the United States, we, we, there's a lawsuit pending uh, for the effect of climate change on their future. And so, th- I mean, this is a sort of, uh, it feels to me like this is part of this accountability that we adults are not having in terms of the future of our children. We're facing a future where there is a very strong likelihood that many of these children will su- suffer tremendously because of our inaction and our, our negligence. So there's something that in this film that is is not only artistically beautiful, but it's so relevant to the future moving forward. And Exactly. I, it's a... Uh... And I think, you know, there's a saying in, in, in French, that there's a vérité qui sort de la bouche des enfants, truth comes out of children's mouth, because, because they make the most sense. Children are, are not affected or altered or, or informed by society's codes or by politics, or they talk truth, they say they, they are truth, and, and, and it's, 
it's exactly why I decided to uh, become in a way, become the vehicle for them to express themselves, for those kids to express themselves, because they make the most sense. And it is, yes, uh, it is a child saying, no more, you can't do this to me anymore. On and uh, on all levels, you don't deserve me. You don't deserve the earth that uh, is given to you. You don't deserve this world that is given to you. And it is exactly what you're saying. It's this accountability and that is coming from a place where it's only truth. Yes. It's nothing but truth. That's why it makes the most sense. Right. There is nothing for a child to gain other than what he wants. There's no power. There's no money involved. There's nothing beyond the simple simple plea that these children are making to us is that it's, it's, it's as unvarnished as you can get in terms of it. So this is what the, this is why I think this film is resonating so strongly and why I think it's done so well in terms of the accolades and the, the Cannes uh, Grand Jury Prize that it's won is because it is, it is a reckoning and uh, it's so beautifully done as well. I just w- want to compliment your cinematography in the film. It is remarkable considering the circumstances, the sound, everything about this film is just a, such an accomplished piece of work and um mm-hmm. i before i let you go uh, I, I have a couple of quick questions for you uh first of all have you have the children how many of the, the 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 people in the film had a chance to sit down and watch your watch uh the work uh, all of them uh, and uh, you know the, the they were the first to see the film it, we we did a screening for them before uh, anyone else and and obviously they were so much involved in the whole process because they felt like they were collaborating in the process. Right. They felt that they were, in a way, part of this mission, each one of them. They wanted to be the voice of those people that they were represent- representing, whether it was Zane or the mother or the father or, or Astro or whoever in the film. Everybody felt like they were part of a mission. And it was a collaborative process. They were, the whole time, they were adding, they were digging in their own uh, experience, in their own struggle. They were uh, adapting. Of course, there's a written script, and it was a very good and, and, and strong starting point and the landing point. But in the meantime, um, I had to just adapt to their personality and their struggle and their story and, and in a way, navigate it towards the fiction that was written. So it was a very interesting process for me uh, and very nurturing. And, 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 and that's what they felt when they saw the film. They were happy because they felt like, you know, they had wings in a way. Yeah. They were struggling to survive outside the shoot. They were struggling to exist outside the set and outside the film. And all of a sudden they are applauded, they're appreciated for that same struggle. They're talking about the same thing. They're not uh, becoming somebody else. They're just exactly who they are. But the difference here, they are heard. They feel important. Uh, whatever they have to say for people counts. They are appreciated for who they are and for that same struggle, which is completely, for them, a victory. And also, for me, absurd. Why is it that they are so appreciated now that they are in a film. Right. And outside this film, 
they don't even have any existence. Right. Nobody hears them. Nobody sees them. Completely invisible. And that's why they were able to express so much. You know, when they were standing in front of the judge, this is the this was their only right. one and only chance to be standing in front of the he is a real judge. And that's what I told them. This is your chance. You're never going to be heard. Usually you're not heard. It's your chance. He, he has to hear you. And that's where they express themselves and they express their struggle. And, you know, when she's talking to me and telling me, you've never been in my shoes. You don't know how it is. You don't know what it feels to be hungry and deprived and having to feed your children water and sugar. She's talking about her own experience, too. It's not only, you know, the words of the script. So they were so happy. They are so proud to be able to tell this story. They needed to tell the story in a way. That's why the whole thing, the whole adventure was so nurturing, and it changed me forever. It changed everyone who was on the shoot because we were, we were capturing reality. We were not only making a film um, yeah. and trying to to make that voice resonate. And every time, you know, we are on a, in a festival or we have the chance to be in a competition like the Golden Globes or, or in Cannes, or it's, it's, it's putting, it's shedding another light on the problem and it's making it even shine brighter and the, the, the voice resonates even louder. Every time we have the opportunity to be in, on such platforms, it's allowing, I think, this voice to be heard. It is, it is such a remarkable film uh, on so many levels. The technical level I was just talking about, about the cinematography, the sound, everything about the, the ability to extract from these kids, to get out, pull out of them these performances. The, all of these things are, is so difficult to do. I, 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 I've been around enough filmmakers to know that is, this is a very difficult endeavor to, just on a cinematic level, but the connection to these, to these children and their lives, and again, I'll say it again, this, it's, you can't turn away from this. Once you've seen something like this, it's, you can't pretend like you don't know. Yes. And I think that's the power yes. of cinema. You can't be the same person. No, you can't. Yes. And I know through this film, you've helped many of these, these kids, these people. You've helped them with visas. You've helped them with all kinds of in different ways. And I, I assume that they have a, a, a sense of themselves, a power that they didn't possess before this project started. So, um, as a humanitarian, my hats <laughs> off to you and uh, to your crew and to all uh -huh. that you've done and. Uh, so thank you. First of all, thank you so much for the film, and thank you for the time that you've been generous enough to spend with us. But I, I, I congratulations. Oh, thank you for connecting so well with it. You know, it's, uh, it, it, it gives me hope, and it gives me, encourages me every time I, I, I have this kind of reaction, because sometimes, of course, you always doubt what you're doing. You don't know. Sometimes you don't know where you stand. You don't know who you are. Yeah. And everything, every time I have that kind of reaction, it just gives, gives me hope in, in what I'm doing. And and thank you. Thank you for, for all of this. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. Let me just say, uh, we've been speaking with Nadine Labaki. The, the film is Kapernaum, and um, I am. It's been an honor, truly, to to have you on today on Film School <laughs> Radio. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you.
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.